Welcome to another episode of Team Anywhere, where CEOs, leaders, and experts at building teams, companies, organizations, and amazing cultures share how to lead from anywhere in the world. I'm your co-host on the East Coast, Judy Bianco Mathis. And I'm your co-host on the West Coast, Mitch Simon. And we invite you to join us to Team Anywhere. Today's leadership in the virtual and hybrid world requires flexibility and dealing well with ambiguity. It's very much about collaboration in the process of inquiry. On today's podcast, we interview the chief people officer of Allbirds and learn about her journey and her powerful new leadership book, Strong Like Water. Layla Tariff will show you how to open your heart and step into the type of leadership that is required in today's chaotic world where no one has the map of what the future brings. Being a brain-centered leader myself, I can tell you that I needed this podcast more than ever. In this episode, you'll learn how Layla connected to her heart and has allowed it to strengthen her leadership, her company, and through her book and through this podcast, her readers and her listeners. Hello and welcome to another episode of Team Anywhere. I am Mitch Simon and I'm on the West Coast and on the East Coast. I've got Dr. Ginny Bianco Mathis. I got that hello. right. Hello. Right? Yes, you hello. Got it. Yes, and today in the studio, we're excited to have Layla Tariff, Chief People Officer of Allbirds, where she's focused on building a high-performance, human-centered organization. Layla is a graduate of the Berkeley Haas School of Business and is also a guest lecturer at Berkeley Law School. She's also an author of her debut book, which we're going to talk about, Strong Like Water. She's a proud mom of her teenage daughter, Nadia, and her eight-pound Yorkie, Max. <laughs> Welcome, Layla. Thank you so much, Mitch and Ginny. I'm really happy to be here. Great, great. We usually have more fun on Fridays. I don't know why yeah, that is. But we're going to have more fun today. Awesome. So, so Layla, yeah, cool. So we'd like to open up with the question, uh, as we always do, how has your last year and a half been and what have you learned about yourself? (laughs) I thought you said you wanted to have some fun. (laughs) I do. I do. (laughs) Um, Gosh, well, it's been it's been challenging, right? Uh, it's just felt like a layering of one thing over another, right? Everything that happened with COVID, getting kicked out of our offices, and then having to figure out shelter in place, back and forth, masks, restaurants open, restaurants closed. Uh, <laughs> and then, you know, all the social unrest with George Floyd's murder and Brianna. Uh, the effect that all had on our employees at Allbirds, you know, it just felt like um, a pot of boiling water, right? And it and it kept on boiling up. And and I had maybe six months under my belt with Allbirds before this all started happening. So I was still oh, fairly wow. new in role and trying to figure out the culture and and the needs, uh, it really, it, my experience has been that it takes a good year or two to really understand an organization and its culture and the, and the dynamics, because so much of it is, is, is it's just not on the surface, it's hidden. 
So that added just another another level of difficulty. And then, of course, at home, I had a teenage daughter in her junior year having to navigate all these AP classes while figuring out distance learning and being socially isolated. You know, so I guess, you know, what did I learn? I learned that I'm human, <laughs> that that lesson keeps coming up over and over, that I don't have all the answers and it's okay, right? I, I saw that. I was able to keep up, to keep showing up week after week alongside my co-founders. We started having all hands once a week, even though we really didn't have a lot to say. We didn't have a lot of answers, but we just felt that it was really important to keep that connection and to show people that we cared and to open up a forum for people to share what they were thinking or feeling. So, um, you know, I've always known that I can hold a lot of stress. I think I'm proud of how I carried myself. I mean, I definitely I definitely was triggered and had moments where I did not show up as my best. But that's okay. I, I think, you know, if you said you you just said that you finished most of my book, and I think you know that I really believe that when we're tested, that's where there's the biggest opportunity for growth. And so I think, you know, the qualities that I've been developing over the last decade held up courage, compassion, empathy, vulnerability, humor, humility, curiosity. They were all put to the test. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's, and one of the reasons why Jenny and I started this show was to, to kind of provoke everyone that to say, you know, you are being tested and not everyone, not everyone wanted to take the test, you know, (laughs) it was really how you showed up during, during that time. Oh yeah, some people hid. Yeah, yeah, some people hid, hid under a rock. So, can you tell us a little bit about your journey? Um, I I found out about you through New Ventures West, which is the school that you and I uh, learned how to become coaches. Yay! We're giving high fives up here. Love New Um, Ventures West. Love New Ventures West. There's a plug, and this today's episode is being brought to you by (laughs) New Ventures West. Um, Now. Tell us about your journey to become, so every, I mean, at least here in San Diego, everyone has heard of and seen of Allbirds and we're like so fascinated by the product. How did you get to become the chief people officer at Allbirds and, and what is the chief people officer at Allbirds? <laughs> I, I, I'm being asked these days, you know, was your career growth linear and did you have this all planned out? And of course the answer is No. <laughs> I don't know anybody who maps out a 25-year career and then actually goes step by step. You know, I, my undergrad was in computer information systems. I was a pretty good student. I didn't know what I wanted to study. This was um, the mid to late 80s, and uh, I took a basic computer class in college. And one of my teachers said, well, this is where the future is. And I thought, great, I may as well go there. And then, as you know, I went back and I got my MBA from Haas, and I had a few years of recruiting experience under my belt, it, and I specialized in recruiting engineers. It was sort of the combination of my technical background, and I also had a communications minor, and I, you know, I, I, I like people, and I got out of business school and I thought, okay, I'm going to get out of recruiting and I'm going to become a business person. <laughs> and this was in 1998 when the internet was just in full sort of, you know, bloom. And there was, um, you know, pets.com and 
I, I landed at a company called Webvan, which I don't know if you remember Webvan, but that was one of the first uh, internet companies that was supposed to be this huge thing, like the last mile delivery of groceries to, to, to consumers. And it imploded after about six months. But because <laughs> I had six months of e-commerce under my belt in 1999, that made me an expert. It was the beginning of the crazy time. Yep. That's right. <laughs> and I was recruited to go to the um, internet division of Walmart. They were just starting. Walmart was just starting oh, Walmart.com, the very beginning. I was employee number seven. We started, we were even, we didn't even have an office. Whoa. We started at uh, the Axel partner offices down in uh, Palo Alto or in uh, Sand Hill Road. And over that first year, I was hired as the director of recruiting. We built the company, 250 people. And my boss at the time, her name was Jean Jackson, very tough CEO. She came from, she was the CEO of Banana Republic, ex Disney, Nike. Uh, she's got um, a wonderful reputation, a very tough reputation. And she said to me after a year, she said, Layla, why don't you take this HR role? And my first reaction was, ooh, no, I'm not, I'm not going to take, I'm not an HR person, yeah. I'm a business person. <laughs> and she's like, well, okay, look, take it or don't take it. I don't really care, but you know, I've got bigger fish to fry. And I was like, oh, okay, I'll take it. And, you know, thank goodness, <laughs> thank goodness she saw something in me that I hadn't, I didn't see in myself yet. And I, I was there for seven years. We built the company to almost 700 and, uh, you know, over half a billion dollars. And then it was very clear that all roads led to Bentonville, Arkansas, and I didn't want to move to Bentonville, Arkansas. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so I, I just dipped my toe in the water, and uh, Pete's Coffee had been looking for a chief people officer for a year, and... and um, I was able to land that role. And honestly, that first year, I felt like a complete imposter because I had learned HR sort of on the fly at Walmart. Here I was now at a public company with an hourly workforce with, with a manufacturing roasting plant. I, I thought, oh, I'm going to break something. Uh, you know, but again, I, I think you you just put one foot in front of the other and you learn and you're, you're curious and you ask questions and you build a great team around you. And and I was there for seven years and really, really honed my craft. And then um, I did a, a few years in private equity as an advisor. And, and then Allbirds came calling. I had met the founders of Allbirds years earlier. I, in fact, I had met Joey. And we immediately liked each other. And we, I just knew we would do something in the future. And they actually asked me to um, come over and have a chat in 2017 the company started in 2016. And I'm like, no, nah, I don't think so. I'm, I'm beyond the startup phase. And then they came back in 2019. And I'm like, okay. So, so yeah, so summer of 2019 <laughs> is uh, when I, when I went back. Wow. <clears throat> that's quite a, that's quite a story, quite a journey. And um, I, re I remember when we, when we were talking earlier, you know, you just casually said, I think you, you recruited 700 people to walmart.com. But one of the things that you really emphasized was, you know, that's tough to yeah. recruit people to walmart.com. In the Bay Area, everybody wants to be in a startup, startup, startup yeah. mode. And walmart.com yes. isn't necessarily considered a, a sexy startup. <laughs> yeah. No, no, especially yeah. in that sort of 
2000-2001 time frame. And it was the funniest thing. And I say this in my book is I used to go to, you know, cocktail parties. And when I would say I was with, with Walmart and HR at Walmart, nobody wanted to talk to me. <laughs> oh, and when I said I was like, oh, isn't that horrible? Oh I love it. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was a it was a tough sell. And you know, having been at both places, the the challenges from an HR perspective in terms of building culture are exactly the same. The cultures were, were different, but the challenges in uh, in um, organizing and galvanizing the best of a culture while not allowing the culture to be an impediment for growth because that's just not how we do it here. Mm-hmm. It's the same wherever you go. It's just the story. The narrative is different. Yeah. So what I want to do is I really want to get to the book um, because it's a leadership book. It is. Um, it's strong like water. It's uh, so I, I wish I could say I finished it. I am almost finished uh, with the book. I'm, I'm actually to the part where you share um, your journey with um, New Ventures West, actually, who we're plugging oh. today. Um, but tell us, tell us uh, about Strong Like Water and why it is, it, why it's such an important leadership book today. Strong Like Water uh, is, it's been described as a leadership book cleverly disguised as a memoir of love and loss. Um, Mm -hmm. I really love, and it doesn't fall into one clean genre. You can read it in a lot of different ways. It's, it's part memoir, as you know, because it captures a period in my life. There are leadership insights you can glean from it. And it's also a little, you know, one, one review said part psychological probe and, and it captures Mm -hmm. a period in my life where I lost my husband, my father, and my mother, um, in a short period of time. This was my first year at Pete's where I was trying to learn how to be uh, a leader. And my daughter was three years old. So um, it was a heavy load. And um, as we know, as is so often the case, times of tremendous adversity become really powerful teaching moments in our lives. And for me, it was uh, really the moment I realized that if I didn't allow myself to, to in essence, break down, to be vulnerable and to feel the pain associated with all those losses, that I would just become hard and, and emotionally brittle and unable to, leave, to, to live my life with authenticity and courage. Um, and, and um i had never done that right i my my um my coping mechanism was always to uh distract and deflect deny it's okay it's okay i had this amazing ability to reframe everything to the positive and uh this was one i think you know i, I always say the universe gives you what you need to grow and i think I was so stuck in this narrative of, of um, I can handle anything. I'm strong and capable. That I, I honestly think that if it was, if it were just one loss, I may have tried to muscle my way through it. As crazy as that sounds today, but I think the combination of the three was sort of the one, two, three punch that I needed to just really get real and to see how 
this way that I was holding myself while it served me for a long time and helped me uh, to, to survive and a, a, a tough childhood that was no longer serving me. And it was time to rewrite that narrative and to dig deep. And that's when I went back and got my coaching credentials, which really helped, uh, which served to deepen my growth. And it, it, I, I just did a book event the other night and it was with uh, a bunch of young ladies, really just amazing, powerful. Um, and one person said, well, why, why is it so hard to give up uh, your narrative? And another um, one of the young ladies said, I'll tell you why, because you think that if that you, you'll lose your edge and you won't be powerful and you won't be able to, you know, sort of, you know, be excellent in your, in your tough business job. And it reminded me, that's exactly how I felt. I thought if I allow myself to be uh, soft, then I'll lose my edge and I'll lose my agency. And, um, and the irony, of course, as we know, is that the journey did make me soft, uh, but soft turned out to be strong. And that's, that's the lesson we all learn in vulnerability. And we can understand it intellectually, but until you actually live it and experience it, at least for me, maybe I'm just a slow learner. I didn't fully comprehend what that meant. So yeah, I would, I would, yeah, I'd like to say that, um, you know, I read the book and I felt like that was my journey or it is my journey. I felt that, you know, Ginny uh, and I, we teach, you know, uh, vulnerability and transparency. I just felt that your display of vulnerability and transparency was one that I was like, I'm not even there. Like I you know, can't even touch, touch that in terms of, like not only did you feel it, but you actually you were actually able to put it on paper um, of what you were going through, and then also to see, as you're saying, that that sheer um, ability to to put it all out to the world um, is is strength. You know, it's absolutely strong. And for for all of us who are um, who are who claim we're leaders <laughs> to to be able to um, to read your book and to um, see that there is a place for us to go deeper in terms of just for ourselves and also as leaders, and that the strongest thing we can do, especially now, uh, mm -hmm. when you know we've we're connecting on different levels, um, that we could we could go deeper in being able to connect to the other people who we know are going through so many hardships. Yeah. Like we, we, we know we're, 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 they're going through hardships, but we don't, we don't know what those hardships are. And it, it's really true. Also in, in terms of leaders now, uh, especially we've had quite a few wonderful speakers um, such as yourself, this concept uh, I'm, I've had to change the leadership curriculum in, in the business mm -hmm. school around compassion and vulnerability uh, and empathy and how do you show that and how does that still mean you're strong you influence and create a culture that meets organizational goals and there are a lot of uh, folks coming up and I, I dare say even professors who are not embracing that yet 
Isn't that interesting? Well, so the I class know. that I taught that I um, come into to to guest lecture at Berkeley is um, all about it's at the law school and it's all about how you become a trusted advisor, sort of beyond being, you know, just a, a counsel. And it focuses on all the, you know, what we call soft skills. And yeah. you're right. We have to, we, we took a lot of care in um, making sure that how we articulated what we were doing could be based in science <clears throat> and sort of this left brain understanding and how to have hard conversations. Um, it, 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 it's, you yes. almost feel like it's this sort of Trojan horse you're trying to, to, to have uh, come in for, for this uh, content to be accepted. But you know what? I, I am positive in 10 years that is not going to be the case because when I think about the challenges that, that we have at Allbirds and that every company has in terms of its leadership, it is the lack of the social emotional skills. It is not that you don't know how to, uh, whatever your technical functional responsibility is, right? Because there's so much focus on that and that's important, but right. What does Marshall Goldsmith say? What got you here won't get you there. And, and as you, as you grow in your career, it is, it is a letting go of the limiting beliefs and the behaviors that don't serve you. It is not, uh, acquiring a new skill right. or building a new program or a new tool. Well, and, and I also uh, think it's how do we define power, right? Right. And so all these words, I think it's interesting that have a lot of these different connotations. We're turning them on their head. Vulnerability is not weakness, mm-hmm. it's strength. I think power can vary. True power really embraces at the core of it is caring and love. So we, we can you have a whole it. podcast. Absolutely. On, on, yes, on we can. I love it. On yeah. All these words. Well, let's 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 have that conversation because what I'd like to know is how how um, how the book how the key lessons in the book really um, really can support today's hybrid leaders, today's virtual leaders, whether whether they're running a company, whether they're in charge of a team. Um, and cause what was, what we're seeing is, is there's just so such a big combination of how teams are showing up and where they're showing up. So how can we take the lessons of vulnerability as a strength, um, and power as care and love, um, into this new world that we're in or, and, and, or how are you using them, um, at Allbirds? I think. Something I'm finding myself say a lot these days is that leadership is an inside out job. And um, I, I think that it's really important for leaders to take time to self reflect and examine our stories to really start to break down our blind spots so that we can um, lead and we can show up more authentically and integrated. That is how we will be able to lead in the world that we live in today in the VUCA world, as they call it, right? Uh, I think Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. allowing ourselves to feel um, whatever comes up, uh, the rage that comes up uh, at the social injustice, the grief that came up last year around so much loss, no matter who we were, um, allowing ourselves to really, really stay and 
process those feelings is what will make us more resilient and stronger. I think that, Ginny, mm-hmm. to what we were just discussing a second ago, this understanding, this this realization that we need to uh, bring in both sides of of strength and power the uh the 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 driving for results the high performance all these you know sort of uh driving striving um with the uh qualities of tenderness and compassion and 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 nurturance right it's 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 the yang right. and, and it's the yin and 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 whatever that combination is for each of us that alchemy right um, when they're combined skillfully, I think that is the basis for 21st century leadership. And then on Perfect. a very, very personal level, I would say my biggest learning has been on this on this journey is that if we don't learn as individuals to love ourselves and to forgive ourselves, we will not be able to uh, show up in the right way and lead, especially through tough times, because you're always projecting. And if you don't love yourself and which I know sometimes can sound like, Oh, love yourself. Oh brother. But no, really, really. Right. Uh, (laughs) then you're projecting. And so, um, it, it is, I don't know if you know, Louise Hay, she was the, um, publisher of Hay House and, Um, before she died, I saw this interview with her and she said, you know, I've been doing this sort of personal growth stuff for, I don't know, 60 years. And she said, in the end, I realize it comes down to one thing and it's self-love. That always stuck with me. And there's a Mm -hmm. lot of qualities we're trying to develop. There's a lot of learning, but in the end, that's what it really comes down to. Could you say something about how, you know, how leaders right now um, I'm, I'm just hearing you say this, how leaders really need to bring hope mm, and how they nice. how they can bring hope um, to this crazy time, which, you know, it sounds like it's going to be crazy for another year, mm-hmm. at least. Um, how how can leaders, um, you know, you know, first find it within themselves to even just have a smidgen of the experience that you've had to really find themselves and to appreciate um who they are, and then to 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 profoundly impact their their teammates um, through you know love and caring and empathy because we hear it so much, but we don't really hear like how do you do that? Right. And that's why we've got Layla on the on <laughs> as our guest. That's today. a great great question. Um, well. I don't know that I know the answer of how one maintains hope. I I am wired to be hopeful in the positive and the not so positive ways because there are times where maybe I should set it aside and uh recognize that things aren't so great, but that's that's, you know, my my inclination. I I do think that surviving tough times gives us an opportunity to look back and say, wow, I did that. Right. And I think what we all just went through as, uh, as, as a planet, we should all be for those of us that are here saying to ourselves, you know what, that was some serious stuff, man, and we made it. So that gives me a lot of hope. Uh, and, 
as a leader, I think people really, people want to be led. They want to feel held. And I especially think that's true for millennials and Gen Z. And the um, what I try to do is to um, show the strength in that, even if I don't know the answers, because I don't, I am confident that with the other leaders sitting around the table, we can work together and 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 with our employees taking feedback from them, we can get through this. We can do it together. Uh, I, I think that's the only way is all of us together. That kind of goes back to, you know, it, it, our primordial state, which is you're stronger as part of the tribe. And I, mm-hmm. I think that understanding and, and that um, positioning, I think is, is the key to get through this. It is deeper, richer, more meaningful connections, even at work that gets you through everything. And the thought just occurred to me, right? There's all these studies that are done that um, older people who have more of a social life, who have greater connections live longer, right? We are, we are wired for connection. And so I think um, that connection also then brings hope that we truly care about each other as people and um, together we know we can we can make it through and not just like crawling to the finish line, but actually thriving. Okay, maybe right now not a lot of us are thriving, but it's out there. I truly believe that and I lead right. in that way. I think it makes a difference. I mean, it's tough right now. Now we're dealing with people who are like, I don't want to come back to work. I don't want to commute. Uh, and and so um, it what I how I am choosing to hold myself now is just very lightly. Like I'm not making mandates around anything. It's all about flexibility and trying to meet people where they are and and have it be a pull and not a push. You're reminding me of uh, of this class that uh, that I was um, that I taught at Berkeley. We were trying how do you convey qualities and concepts that are more feeling and more somatic in a head sort of way to people oriented to learning through their minds. And uh, well, I don't think this right. was going to be a full uh, commercial for New Ventures West, but I guess it is. The coaching program that Mitch and I went through, in hindsight now, I can see how they did it because I was that head person. It had to make sense to me in my intellect before I would accept mm-hmm. it. And I think something they did, I thought that was very effective and very clever was they, um, they put you into environments that had you experience things from your different centers of intelligence. They brought in poetry. They mm-hmm. brought in music. I, one, one exercise we did, which I thought was so powerful. I don't know if you did this, Mitch, was they had us go walk around. I don't remember which session this was. Go walk outside. It was in San Francisco around the block. And we, um, in our heads, we said this mantra three or four times, looking at everybody, just like me, uh, they ha- they suffer. Just like me, one day they will die. Just like me. And at first I'm like, oh, brother. Really? Of course, because I judged everything. <laughs> and, and at the end of that walk, I was, I, I couldn't even talk. Because it 
touched me so deeply. And, and I, I, I realized I had this empathy. And when you realize we're all the same, we look different on the outside. And so I think there are ways we can get people to experience that, but it is through experiences and it is not through lecture. That's why I think it has to be through connection, Uh, you know, work groups, exercises, experiencing, you know, I love David White, poetry, music. It gets into you in a different way, going to a dojo and, and experiencing how you physically show up uh, in, in different ways. I think that's how you do it. It's kind of exciting. Yeah, I, I agree. Exciting. And that's so those are new experiences that uh, some of them don't exist right now. Yeah. In in as you said, in the mainstream, if you if I told certain leaders or uh, students to go through and do that, at first their reaction is exactly what you said. Yeah, this is ridiculous, and then the growth begins to happen. That's right. That's right. So we're in for a couple of years of growth, I think, for leaders, because it's not going to happen overnight. Yes. Yes. That's a very so, good point. I'd like to get our last question. Um, and yes, just like me, uh, again, one of the reasons to, I think, read the book is because when I read the book, you are just like me. And, if, and I'm very head-centered, so I would not pick up this book. I would, you know, just because of of my head. Um, And that's the reason to pick up this book. Absolutely. You know, to get out of my head and into my heart as we learned at at New Ventures West. Another plug for New Ventures This is like, yes. My last question is, okay, so obviously you're an incredible coach because you went to New Ventures West. Um, I am a leader and I'm struggling because everything's changing. I don't know what to do. Cindy wants to be in the office all day and Max doesn't want to come to the office all day. And, and Veronica is just, you know, a little bit scared and confused. And um, Joe over there is like ready to go. I don't, and I'm the leader and I, I just, I don't really, I don't really know. I mean, I'm working for a great company. I've got great values. What would be the coaching uh, right now? that you would have for me if I'm one of your managers at Allbirds on, on how to process this stuff and how to be an incredible leader um, in, in this time? Gosh, that's a really, really hard question. I think I would start with the um, foundational um, truth that we're talking about, which is that to be a leader, you have to tap into your head and your heart start right just from there. And um, that it's okay not to have the answers, that you want to open up a dialogue, right? Leadership is no longer command and control. It's very much collaborative and and a process of inquiry. It's what I'm realizing is it's it's a delicate balance. You know, we talk a lot about collaboration now. It's collaboration, but it's also as a leader being principled and um, and being able to hear what's being said, to pull up the common themes, to determine um, to determine a way forward that is sort of an eighty twenty. So w- what I mean by that is that we can we can share, we can talk, we can be open, but then people want to be led. 
So you, you do, I think, have to say, okay, I think this is what I'm hearing. We've, we've sent out surveys. We've asked questions. Um, there is no one size fits all answer. That is for darn sure. But here are the principles that we think are important to establish in how we think about, let's say, the return to work, right? Flexibi- flexibility is paramount. Paramount. We will have a hybrid workforce. We will have uh, um, spaces that will um, encourage connection and collaboration, and we will have spaces that include quiet time if you want to do heads down work. So you just you start establishing these broad principles and give a little more detail around what flexibility means, and then you hold people as they <laughs> make their way through that. And I think it is getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, right? I, I, that is the biggest thing is a lot of the managers now, they want the answers. And I say, I'm sorry, I can't give you a 100% answer. I can give you guidance. I can give you principles that can anchor your discussions, but I can't give you a, a, a playbook. Maybe in 10 years, we'll have a new playbook, but right now there's no playbook, and and it's okay if you don't want to lead, if you want to follow for a while, that, you know, will take a different path. But if you want to lead, you have to be comfortable with um, navigating a bit of ambiguity. And it, no judgment either way. I, I think that's what that's I would beautiful. say. <laughs> that's beautiful. Thank you. That totally. was That was beautiful. That was just great. That's, I think, why we started this podcast, to really, really get that insight. Okay, um, we're going to wrap up. Layla, this has been fantastic. Where can our listeners find you? They can find me on my website, which is com, and I have all of uh, my podcasts and my blogs uh, on there. You can find out more about me on Instagram, uh, on LinkedIn. Um, and on Facebook. I'm just not on Twitter. Too busy. <laughs> Great. And of course, <laughs> and of course, we can get your book on Amazon. Um, so Strong Like Water. You can get my book um, anywhere, Amazon or the local and, bookstore. That's great. Great. Well, Layla, this has been uh, just a pleasure. Um, thank you so much. It's, I'm so glad we connected. Um, and um, I'm, I'm just I'm so happy. And, uh, and I love your book. And uh, I can't wait to finish it. Jenny, this and you been are fantastic. an incredible, incredible role model. Thank you so much for putting into words a lot oh, of things so that folks are struggling with. Yeah. Thank you. So thank you, yes. Jenny. Thank you, you, Layla. Thank you to our listeners. This has been a fantastic uh, episode. Please um, share this uh, episode with, uh, with your friends and colleagues. And please um, give us a review because that really helps uh, other people reach the podcast on, your, on the app that you listen to. Until next time, thank you so much uh, for listening to Team Anywhere, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. 